you just got to do this kind of stuff. I, I doesn't. Mm-hmm. Even, I don't care if it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. I don't. I don't know what I'm going to do. But I think I should go do it. And I think I should go do it because these people that I know can't go do it. Mm. And so I called them the next day and I said, "Yeah, I'll go to. I'll go run this 35 mile race with you." So I basically had 10 weeks to be ready for this race. Wow. I, I had. I had. It was. I had about 10 weeks to train. So I basically went from six miles to I ran one training marathon and I ran three 10 milers in one day. Wow. And that, and, and I just, I built myself up to that. And then I didn't even, I didn't taper. I didn't know anything about like, I didn't know the course. Mm. I didn't know anything about it. I showed up on a, I showed up there. I got on a bus. They dropped me off at a snowy start line and I just ran to like up to the finish line basically. Wow. That- is Twin Towns Trail Talk, the podcast about the trails in the upper Midwest and the crazy people that love them. It is 2022. That voice you heard was Scott O'Leary of Maple Grove, Minnesota, followed by one of Scott's favorite songs, 46 and 2 by Tool. And I just want to welcome everybody. We have quite a story, as you can tell from listening to Scott's little promo there. You know, one of the things when I was talking to Scott, he said, he compared, I love how he said this. He said, running a hundred mile race is like leaving your safe space and going out in outer space and going to the moon. And then he said, running a 240 mile race is going like going to Mars or Mars. Like he said it with his, I think he's got a Massachusetts accent. Um, so I really loved how he said that. And he said, you're just so exposed and you're out by yourself. But then as, as I was listening, he really talked about how he, makes connections with other people so i i just really admire that and just on his journey and well enough of listening to me talk let's hear scott tell it start what's with the spartan race we've never had anybody talk about a spartan race i kind of know some of the the logistics about it but uh yeah once you start kind of explaining that what's that about um sure yeah i mean uh Obstacle course racing is, you know, um, something I, I kind of fell into. Um, you know, I wasn't really a, a runner um, at the time when I started getting interest, interested in it. I saw, I think I saw a video or, or something online about it. You know, I didn't know a ton about it myself. And um, at the time when I was, this was early on in Spartan, they used to have like, guys at the end of the course with like sort of in gladiator gear and they just pummel <laughs> you as you went to the finish line. Oh, cool. And I was like, well, well I, I was kind of watching that. I was like, well, I don't know. For some reason that felt interesting to me. And, <laughs> um, I started looking it up more and it was just starting to take off. Um, you know, this was before tough mutter and, and all of that really kind of blew up. This was like two 15, 14. And, um, there was a notice that came out that it was coming to Minneapolis. They were going to do a test run here in Minneapolis. Um, 
And so I started training. I just, I didn't even know what to do. <laughs> and um, I started training for that. And basically I was, you know, I, I, I've always been kind of a gym rat after I quit running. So, you know, I just upped that ante, um, you know, got lean, got really, really in shape, did a lot of CrossFit uh, type training and um, decided to go run one. And uh, it was in, out at Welch Village, um, did it and just felt, fell in love with it and kind of kind of took off from there. Um, you know, that was a sprint, which is the 5K. You know, they have a super, which is um, about 10 miles. Spartan miles are always, like, funny. They say it's 10 miles and it's 12 or it's, you know, 12 miles and it's 14. They, they, they never really get it. They never really give you real good mileage. It's true to – and then there's a beast, which is 13, and then the ultra, which is the 30-miler. Is the wow. And so I just kind of – I kind of explored that whole thing. I, you know, I ran a sprint. Then I did a super and then I did a beast and then the trifecta is you can do all three races in one year. And I did that for a couple, I did, I did the trifecta like two or three years in a row. And then I, I then I, I bit on the big apple and I went to, um, I went to Killington and, and ran the, um, ultra beast at, at, at in Vermont, which wow. is sort of like I mentioned is the, um, that's the home of Spartan. That's like one of their toughest courses. It's sort of legendary. There's like a, a one mile straight uphill they call it the death march that you have to do twice in the middle of the race it's 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 a real grind wow. so um and do they yeah, have like any cold water oh sorry do they have like any cold yeah, water yeah, crossings you go, you go cold water you you know <laughs> you, you pick up heavy things you know you flip 400 pound tires you got to be control your body weight you do monkey monkey bar overhead stuff rope pulls um weighted sled pulls you know every, everything's sort of like all around athletic physicality, uh, running, hiking, carrying 50 pound sandbags, you know, or even sometimes double sandbags up hills, um, <laughs> going through mud, being wet, um, being cold. Um, yeah, it's sort of like, you know, it's sort of like being a kid, a, a, a kid again, and you're just kind of going out there and you're kind of throwing every, everything that, that if they could throw you, they throw at you. And you got to be multi-skilled, you know, between, you know, moving heavy weight and h handling your own body weight and hmm. being a decent runner, you know, whether that's a, a fast runner or, or someone who can cover a 30 miles of, of running and hiking and, and, and carrying stuff. So, <laughs> wow. So that it's sounds super, it's super cool. It, it's a, it's a, it's a really, it's a, and you know, I haven't, you know, with COVID shut it down, um, I haven't raced since since pre-COVID, so this this year I've already signed up for two races for next year. So I'm I'm going to get back in the Spartan Arena because I, I really this it's it's really a um, it's it's a it's it's really good like life lessons and stuff like being faced with obstacles, conquering them, and you know being in charge of your own sort of emotional um, stature when you're when you're doing these kind of races, you know. Um, they really challenge you, uh, who you are and what you are, uh, when you, when you, when you're going through a day of like, you know, physical beatdown and trying to get through obstacles that you can, you know, that, that challenge you in many different ways, emotionally, physically, mentally, uh, it's, it's a lot different than running. 
and 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 not in uh, comparison way. It's just different. I, I really like it. That's cool. Yeah, and I suppose one thing different about running, like you don't really know what obstacles, like when you show up, what you're going to encounter that day. I mean, you have kind of a general idea. Am I right? Or they they have sort of what I what what I'd say is like their their menu of obstacles. You don't find out until the day of the race, basically. Okay. They, they, sometimes you can get the course the day before, but usually the day of the race, you show up and there's a board and it has the obstacles in the order they're going to be in. Okay. And the orders change all the time, and that's that's kind of the game. It's like you could be really pro- prolific of an obstacle because you've done it, and it's been at the first mile, and now they've got it at mile ten, and it's linked with two other obstacles that are <laughs> tough. And now that obstacle has is a completely different game, and you you might not you might not succeed, you know. And if you don't succeed, you got to do thirty burpees, which are you know, in the middle of a race. Ugh. Dropping and doing thirty is not a kind, a, a kind punishment. Uh, just got to be honest. It's pretty. It's pretty brutal on you. Yeah, I, I would guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and that's kind of the cool part. You show up, and and, and, and there's the course, and you you know you can train for the overall effect of, of like what you're going to go through. That's part of the cool part about Spartan training. It's very diverse. Like what what you got to what you got to uh, be ready for. Yeah. Cause it's all very different from running. I think a lot of runners do it because they, I don't know, like, like have a probably like me have ADD and they just, you know, we're going to run. This is what we're going to do. And you know, you're going to be running. Even if you're going to be running long ways, you know, you're going to be doing that. And then this kind of gets you out of that mindset where it's got you something, doing something new and physically doing something using your whole body too. Yeah. Like- and there's similarities. I mean, it's really interesting. Like, cause like when I get into like ultra races and the conditions are really bad, I, 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 I never mentally get challenged. I, like, it's not a big deal for me. Cause like when you Spartan race, you're running through really bad conditions, <laughs> Yeah. whether they be mud or so like when an ultra race gets really muddy, I mean, I've been in some Spartans where it's the worst mud I've ever, ever experienced. It's like, you know, people, are losing their minds in the mud. Ugh. And um, so like in an ultra, when it gets muddy or it gets wet or it gets like, that's like, okay, you know, because I think Spartan racing has me, had me sort of like my mindset in a different place than like, you know, traditionally running, you know, a lot of, I've seen a lot of people lose their, lose their stuff mentally in a, in a muddy race before, you know, lap one, forget, forget <laughs> lap four, you know, it's like, um, and Spartan racing kind of taught me to like accept that there's a, there's a huge acceptance in Spartan racing that you have to be willing to accept a lot in a given day, especially the longer the race, you know, when you're, when you're out there for, you know, an ultra and you're out there for 10 to 11 hours, you gotta be accepting. <laughs> so there's no, there's no aid stations and like that kind of stuff. There's no like stopping and like, you wow. know, get, getting your feet fixed and all that, you know, there's none of that stuff. It's like you're 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 in it. You're in it. Wow. You know? yeah. yeah, that sounds like it would be great for preparing you for anything. And then, and so then, how did this lead you? So then, so this kind of got you into the running bug from starting on these Spartan races. You said, no, not really. You know, I was kind of like, I knew I had to do a little bit of running, so I was kind of, you know, I, I hadn't really run since high school. So what mm-hmm. I was doing was. I was doing high intensity, like interval training, like, you know, 
more like uh, all out sprinting and and repeats and stuff like that. And then I casually go for like a two or three mile run. And I was right above, I think I was running like maybe six miles, the longest, like maybe once every week. Like, I mean, I wasn't doing a lot of running. And um, a friend of mine who had just moved back to Minneapolis, who's uh, just an odd guy uh, in, in, in all the greatest ways, he, he contacted me and he's like, hey, I signed up for a foot race in Wisconsin. Um, you want to join me? And I was like, okay. I don't I don't even know what that means. What, what do you mean a foot race in, in Wisconsin? <laughs> in this, no. And he's like, oh, it's just a 35-mile race in, uh, up in Wisconsin. And I didn't even know what Scobia was. I didn't even heard of it. And uh, I'm like, I, at first I said, I, I, you're, you're kidding, right? I go, I'm not even running. And he goes, well, uh, no big deal. We'll just go out there and we'll, we'll knock down 35. And I'm like... <laughs> thought he was crazy you know i thought he was kidding and he and he and he kind of wasn't and <laughs> i told him i told him let me just get back to you and uh it was a time it was, a, it, was it just happened to coincide with a time with three people that i was kind of different levels of intimacy with we're all fighting cancer mm. and two of them aren't here anymore mm. and i was kind of like following their paths like one was my neighbor and then the other two and they were very open about their sort of journey with cancer and i had kind of i i, I kind of had this sort of like you just got to do this kind of stuff i it doesn't i don't care if it doesn't it doesn't make sense i don't i don't know what i'm gonna do but i think i should go do it and i think i should go do it because these people that i know can't go do it mm. and so I called him the next day and I said, yeah, I'll go to, I'll go run this 35 mile race with you. So I basically had 10 weeks to be ready for this race. Wow. I, I had, I had, it was, I had about 10 weeks to train. So I basically went from six miles to, I ran one training marathon and I ran three 10 milers in one day. Wow. And that, and, and I just, I built myself up to that. And then I didn't even, I didn't taper. I didn't know anything about like I didn't know the course. Mm. I didn't know anything about it. I showed up on a I showed up there. I got on a bus. They dropped me off at a snowy start line, and I just ran to like got to the finish line basically. Wow. That, that, that was that was and then that whole day opened up a whole new universe for me. I I I I I loved that experience so much that I signed up for Zumbro fifty miler like as soon as I got home. And I knew nothing about Zumbro. Huh. I knew nothing. I knew nothing about going fifty miles. I just figured if I went thirty-five, I can go fifty. Like, what's the big deal? You know, so naive, so dumb. Uh -huh. Yeah. You know, um, and um, I didn't even know what Zumbro. I didn't even know the terrain. So I'm running on pavement, and I get I get down to Zumbro, and I just got my my butt handed <laughs> to me, like no one's business. I mean, I went out too fast. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have the right shoes. I, I mean. But I, I finished, hmm. and I was at that finish line, and I decided I was going to do the hundred the next year, right right that day. <laughs> I was staring at the ground, in in full suffer, and I'm like, I'm coming back here and I'm doing the hundred. And I that's when I really started training. Wow. Like that's when I, that's when that's when I I was like, okay, 
I, I, I've gone through the suffering, like, like pure suffering and I survived. Now let's, 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 let's put some eggs in the basket and, and see what I can do with like a little bit of knowledge that I've learned. I started doing a little bit of like research. I'm not a huge research guy, but I was like, okay, I got to at least understand <laughs> what I'm getting into. And, uh, I trained my, I trained my butt off and I went back and I ran the hundred the next year. Uh, and I've, I've gone back. I went to Zumbro every year I could, you know, oh. that they, that, that's been open or existed that. And so, you know, that, that became my sort of like, that was my first hundred and sort of like one of my favorite events, races, places, just so many crazy hmm. things and good things have happened to me there. So. Well, that's amazing. And this, and then now the, this whole kind of journey, this, so I know you have your, uh, what do you call it? Your project, um, kind of, is it like a blog you have? Is that what you're Yeah, it's sort of, yeah, I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess you could call it that. I try not to assign names <laughs> to things too much, but yeah, I guess, I guess that's kind of it. And I, so I was, I was kind of reading it, so you wrote, uh, the project is dedicated to telling the stories of inspiring people over age 50 who rage against the clock and openly rebel at the norms of age. Be heard. So... So this kind of like all started like it, you know, after you turned fifty. Is kind of what I'm gathering when you started. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I was kind of approaching fifty, and you know, um, you know, before, before I, before I made a sort of a physical commitment, I was both a physical and an emotional mess, really. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think I kind of said it to you in, the, in a quick note. Uh, I drank too much, I weighed too much, and I was too angry at everything and I, and and I had I had no sort of like I, I didn't know what I was doing with with myself really you know it, it was just it, I felt like I was on a, a loop you know uh drink too much don't eat well you know my job had changed quite a bit and it wasn't it wasn't satisfying parts of me that that I, it had done in the past and I was kind of I was I was, you know, I'm, I'm coming to this age where, you know, they're ready to, you know, throw you in the dumpster and say you're done, basically, you know, mm -hmm. 50, you know, it's like, you, you, you know, it's like the stereotypes of that age. And um, so I just made a, I made a, I made a hard commitment. I was just going to get in the best physical shape that I could. So I did that, you know, relatively quickly, but like I, 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 I would say to people, you know, I was, you know, 10% body fat, 100% fucked in the head still. Because I was, and yeah. you know, that's when I started digging in and on Stoicism and Buddhism and, and Taoism, and that all led to racing. Ultimately, it's to me, it's a, it's 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 a much of a spiritual journey that 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 you get involved in, and um, at the time when when all of this was kind of converging, I had lost a job. And I, you know, most people are crushed and I was, I was in this really special place and I was home and I'm like, the world felt completely open to me. And I was like, this idea hit me to do over 50 badasses that I wanted to celebrate other people that were like 50 plus and were getting after it that, that, uh -huh. that weren't like tucking it tucking it and on the other side of the hill and and you know 
uh, looking for the pair of the pens and, and calling it a day. It's like, uh-huh. you know, and, and that's where I started talking to other people my age or older and I started interviewing and then, you know, I started reflecting on my life and I started writing stuff in there myself. You know, th- that wasn't the plan originally. I was just going to interview people and talk to them and, and, and talk about what they were going through. But then I started writing and I started letting my story out of it too. So it became, it became, I took a parallel path with that. It was, a, it was great. a really, it, you know, and, and it's, it's hard. It's a, it's a project that's been hard to keep up over COVID because, you know, it's, it's taken over so much. People are, you know, I feel like I talked to, you know, you talk to someone and, and it's like things are in such flux that it's hard to like get, you know, someone to kind of like dedicate time or their energy to this. So I've kind of, I've kind of left it alone until things have calmed down a little bit, but mm-hmm. hopefully this year I'm going to do some more, do more interviews. Yeah. This, this COVID has been weird. Like, I mean, I started this podcast during when COVID started. I mean, so it's just been weird how it's, it's affected us all, how, you know, it's, put some things in motion and stopped others and yeah. yeah, it's all different. Yeah. So I really relate to that. I mean, I, I graduated college at age 50 while I was trying to, I was trying to graduate. Like I, I go, Oh, I'm going to graduate a week before I turn 50. You know, I was following my course plan and it was kind of like your Spartan race. They're like, no, you got these other classes you got to do. And I'm like, but I've been following this and it says I'm done. And they're like, no, you got these other classes. So then I got done and um, I actually finished around Christmas and um and then they put me that is finishing in two you know I was gonna thought I was gonna finish in 2019 I finished in 2020 so then it ended up I had college credits going all the way from had a couple in 89 I had some in 90 so I had them in like five decades or whatever of college courses and stuff so right finally got done at age 50 so yeah so I really relate to that yeah that's great to all that. You know, and like you even said that, what do you, I can't even say this word. The starting line is at Quincuncarinus. That's Latin for 50. I can't, I know I said that wrong, but, um, yeah. So, um, so then Mohab, Mohab 240. Um, we, on this podcast, we've never had a 240 mile finisher. Uh, so I can do all the jokes here. I can say, you know, like, you know how people say to you, they go, I don't even drive my car 240 miles in four days or whatever. <laughs> you know, I, I can say all the corny jokes, but um, like what? So we've had some hundred mile racers on here and I know you're one of those too. But when you go to 240 miles, doesn't that turn into like almost like a Lewis and Clark um <laughs> expedition? When does it go from a run to an expedition? Because you got to plan breakfast, like what, four days and dinner four days and is it like camping and running or what's the biggest difference, I guess, from running a hundred miles to going to two forty? Um, I think that, I think it starts the minute you've made the decision to, to do it. And what I mean by that is like the day you sign up, you're, you're pretty much have made it this, you've made, you, you've signed up for an expedition. I mean, you know, I thought, you know, I always equate like ultra running to like, it, it, not not in a not in a romantic sense, but I guess in just sort of like the only parallel. It's it feels to me like astronaut. You you kind of leave a space, the space that you know when you go into this new space. Hmm. So a hundred miler is sort of like maybe the moon. You yeah. Uh, Two hundred forty miles is like Mars, Ugh. and 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 it's sort of like. 
I think it, I think the, the reality of the situation, I, and I can get into what you, I think it starts with the training because it, you, you, you basically have to, you have to get over the mental hump of like what it feels like to go a hundred miles and realize you've got to go 140 miles after that. So you have to start, you have to start living that in, in the training. So the training takes on a much different, I trained so much differently for the, for this race than I did for a hundred not just in massive miles, but amount of miles, but in, in like the way I approached, approached the miles and the way I approached running and the way I also, I, I'm not, I wasn't a great hiker. So I had, I, you know, I just would try and run, I'd run until I couldn't run anymore. That's just not a met, that's not the methodology is going to work for a 240 mile race. You, you have mm. to be able to hike. So I, I, I spent a lot of time being a, a learning how to be a better hiker, hiking with, 40 pound pack and a 65 pound pack, hmm. you know, pulling, pulling tire and, and long, like I ran over, I, I, I ran over 20, 20, 20 plus mile runs and 10, 30 plus. So I, I learned how to spend a lot of time out there by myself and get myself in, in, into the idea of being alone and being, you know, out there for a, a lot of hours. And then this is the only race I can clearly say I've ever planned for in, mm. in any regard. I, I studied every, I studied every in between every aid station. I knew the course. I read everything I could read on the course. I mapped out when I was going to sleep to the best that I could and it worked out pretty well. Um, and even within all those things, it was still, there was still obviously random things that happened and, and you couldn't stick to, to exactly what you want, but it worked out. It, I, I had a very, I tell people 75% of that race was complete joy. Wow. Yeah. I was super lucky. And I don't know if it was just my game plan, my training, pure luck. I had, I had a good four days. I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I have no idea, but to your point, you know, I, I had, it's an, you know, I had to, I had to, I had to be patient and I had to learn patience and training. I had to be very patient with my training. Yeah, I had to be, I had to learn how to eat and run. And I did that in training. I had to learn if I could micro nap. So I did the four by four by 48 Goggins oh, challenge yeah. in March. And I learned that I, I could sleep. If I, if I, if I needed to lay down for in between the four hours, I could get like a 45 minute hour, 45 minute sleep. And I got up and I felt like I was brand new. So that gave me a lot of confidence, um, into the, into that race that, I, that I knew if I just calmed down, stopped, breathed, got my heart rate down, started a meditative process, I could sleep. And I knew that I could lean into that. So, um, I just tried to build as much tools around me that I could. To, to be as successful as I could, um, knowing that you had to eat, you had to have minimum sleep, and you had to keep moving, whether you were running or hiking, wh wh whatever whatever the methodology that you felt like you could do in that moment, you just had to execute it the best you could. So hmm. that's kind of that's kind of. I will say this, because I, I don't want I don't I, I don't want the, the two hundred mile to feel like this giant myth and weird. I think. You can do a hundred miles and you commit to this idea. I think anybody of like sound mental and physical 
substance can do a 200 mile race. Wow. You just got to be willing to do it. You just got to be willing to do it. And you got to go into it wanting to do it because if you don't go in wanting to do it, I can imagine that race will just destroy you. Like in terms of mentally break you down. It's just a lot to go through like for, for four days. Yeah. But I, I, I really, I, I, I enjoyed it because that's what I, where I wanted to be. I, I really wanted to be there. And I really wanted to experience the stuff that was happening. And the one that was like the weirdest and the coolest was sleep deprivation. I have never been like in that state of before. And it was wicked. <laughs> I, I thought it, I thought it was, I thought it was really interesting. Um, and it made me really open to like other things that, that are possible, you know, uh, whether that's like I told you, I'm, you know, I'm going to try and do that 270 mile por- portage and paddle, and that's going to be a lot of sleep deprivation. But we're going to be on water, you know, oh. paddling in the middle of the night and stuff. Oh. So I'm super excited about that. That's a completely different experience than what I did when, you know, I'm hiking through the mountains in the middle of the night, you know, trying yeah. to trying to stay awake and you know, you know, basically sleep sleep hiking sometimes, <laughs> which was crazy. Yeah. I can imagine. Wow. There wasn't, it wasn't, it did not feel like, it, it definitely felt like, to your point, an, an expedition. And that place, and I think part of it is that place is so wide open and so huge. It's, you are so exposed and you feel so insignificant and tiny. It's, it's overwhelming because the whole course, you could see the mountains you were going to from, 50 miles away. So wow. you were on top of a mountain and you could see the next mountain you're going to, or you could see the desert part you're going to be in. So you, the whole race was kind of in front of you because you could see for hundreds of miles. Mm. Uh, it, so it was, that was bonkers. It's not like you're in the forest and you're in the trees and you're yeah. going a loop course and stuff. This was like, you, you're just out in it. It's like, and that was like, the middle of the night or something or in the middle of the day and you're the only human being you can see for like as far <laughs> as you can see it's like wow this is a really interesting place to be in a race to be in that's what i that's that was a very i mean that's why i would recommend to anybody who wants that kind of experience it's just it was one of a kind hmm. yeah I, I think your description of taking a trip to mars sounds very apt it just sounds like like you said, you're so isolated, and yet you can see how, where you have to go. It's just that's that's a good description. You also have run the Icebox 480. What can you tell me about that? Races run. It's an it's basically an eight hours knock down as many miles as you can in eight okay, hours that's on, right. on a on a loop course. Um, Chris Chris Swanky is the race director. Real really great race. Um, really cool area over in River Falls. Um, super challenging race. Um, uh, you know, that idea of running for, you know, it's already like running eight hours in itself, but then trying to, to go as far as you can in that allotted time is a very interesting experiment to put yourself through. I, I've, I've really enjoyed that race. I, I've, I've, I found that race like very interesting. Um, and it's cool because you, you do the loop course for the seven mile loop course for an X amount of time. And then when the, when it gets down to like, if you can't go out for a full loop, you get to knock off one mile loop. Hmm. And that's where, you know, everyone's just in that one mile frenzy tsunami of trying to get as many miles as you can. And it's really like, it's really interesting to see 
people kind of like trying to get those, trying to get as many miles as they can in and what they're willing to put themselves through that last, you know, 45 minutes or something. It's really inspiring. Actually. I, that, that's a very, it's a very cool race. And yeah. And I suppose that's just kind of opposite of what you're just talking about. I, when you're in that loop race, you keep seeing the same person, people over and over again. So it's kind of get com camaraderie. Yeah. Camaraderie. Or <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, it's a very, it's, it's a, you know, and it's a very low key race. So the people are very supportive of one another out there. Um, oh. it, it's, 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 that, that's, a, that's a really good, I mean, I really, I really like that race a lot. Um, you know, uh, it's a race I've gone back to. I didn't, I didn't go this year because of Moab. I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't come off of Moab and go run that race. Yeah. That, I think that's, that's a good excuse. Doing 240 miles is a pretty good excuse. I think for, um, <laughs> for missing out on that one. Oh, I wanted to talk to you about uh, a friend of yours that you lost. Or I guess we kind of missed, we didn't go over this part on the Moab part. Uh, you you ran with his ashes. Yeah. Um, so, a, a, my my a fr- someone I worked with for uh, many years. Um, he he passed away um, two years ago. So. We were out at lunch. He was dropped me off. He he had uh, he had um, some addiction issues, and and he was he was he was in in he had a heart attack, and he was trying he was trying to pull some things together, and he, and he was he was in a really good space, and it was really cool to see sort of lifelong battles and, 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 and obviously dealing with, you know, a major heart attack that should have taken his life that didn't. So, um, we were at this lunch, he was dropped me off and he said to me, he goes, um, I want to go running with you. He goes, you, 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 you have so much joy from running and your races and all that stuff. I just want to go out in the woods and experience that with you. And, you know, he wasn't capable of running when he said that to me. He just wasn't in a space physically to go running at the time. He goes, but that's my, that's what I would love to do. And I'm like, well, Teddy, let's make that happen. That sounds amazing. I'd love to go for a run with you, no matter what that run looks like. Say our goodbyes. Uh, Two weeks later, he's gone. So go to a celebration of life. Amazing celebration, like 400 people, just this once in a lifetime celebration. I, I, I don't, I could go talk all day about it, so I won't. But anyhow, of the 400 people there, the, at the very end of this three-hour celebration, the family says, uh, "We have urns with Teddy's ashes in them that we're going to give to some people, and our our wish is that you take this urn." out into the world on an adventure and then you spread his ashes there for us, you know, and this has been a, this has been a thing I've, I've already, I've been laughing because the guy was a cat. I'm, I, I was, I never laughed and cried more at anyone's uh, celebration and they called my name. I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know whose name they're going to call, but they call my name and I, I'm, I, you know, I'm walk up there and I get this face from the family, this little urn from the family and I'm overwhelmed, obviously. 
And um, so I put it on a, on a shelf and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I was going to do. I forgot that conversation we had. Moab was something that I was, I've been thinking about for years. And um, because of all the things that have been going on, COVID, I trained for it. I was going to train for it and I got hurt. I was going to train for it and COVID happened. So this Moab, this Moab thing kind of like somehow was like under the surface also. It just wasn't connecting with me. And I was sitting here one day and I remember the conversation that we had and I, I, I thought of Mo, I thought and Moab just came right into my head and I'm like, that's where I'm taking him. Hmm. I'm taking the Moab for his run. So I signed up, you know, that last year was a, um, uh, it wasn't a lottery or anything. I don't know why she did it. But she, she, Candace did it. I think it's different last year than it's ever been. She basically had a, the doors open January 1st at nine o'clock. Hmm. First one's in, get in. And that's, that's the deal. So I got on that computer at uh, 8.56, and, I, I, and within 30 minutes, that, that race was sold out, and I got in. Wow. And so Teddy and I, so then I basically started, you know, taking Teddy with me on all my training runs. And, you know, I, I put him in a little bag. I, I, I was like, I, for some reason, I was like, well, he's going to be cold. So I put him in a Ziploc bag, huh. like, is that, like, I was like, I was, and I, and, and then I started talking to him, you know, him and I would converse out there and, uh, you know, his, he, he took on a whole new life for me. You know, I had all this, I had a whole year of new relationship with him. Oh, wow. It very, and it was, it was, it was pretty intense and sometimes so intense. I couldn't even take him on training runs. Huh. I, I needed to be, I needed to be on my own. And, um, so, you know, I, 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 I kind of, you know, would post about this and say my feelings about this and celebrate him. And it ended up, the family got super involved in it and it was helping them heal too. Cause I was talking about Teddy in this way and I would had him out and I would take pictures of him and me and the, me out in the freezing cold with the urn or, me on a hill pulling a tire with the urn with him. And, uh, so yeah, I, 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 I put a, I made a little bit for him. I, my, my number was 152. I made him 152 and a half and I, hmm. I took him to Moab and, um, I had him with me the whole time and we spoke out there quite a bit and hmm. I finished the race. And then, um, the next day I brought him the beginning of Moab starts on the streets you leave, you leave this park and then you go, um, a couple streets and then you enter into the desert and right where we entered is where I, 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 I decided to put his ashes so he could greet runners for the years that come with that race. So yeah, it was a, it was a pretty big why I had to, to I mean, wow. uh, yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like really good closure, but it doesn't even almost sound like closure. It sounds like you're almost kind of continuing on with something even more than closure it's like yeah i did you know it was, it, i i kind of just i kind of feel like when when i went when when they gave me the vase i was still in grief when i trained with him i wasn't grieving anymore oh, and great. then when i let him go the day i let him go it was like being at a it was like being at that at this, his celebration of life again i mean it was it, it hit me like a ton of bricks when i left him on the desert floor 
it was it was pretty intense and you know i came out of that race and and i it took me a, a, a more weeks than i'm usually takes me to sort of like understand what that whole thing was about and i think i was just grieving because mm. I, I i now i was without him again you know it, it was, i was i was learning how to I was learning how to be out here again without him around because I, I, I spent so much time with him and having these conversations with someone who wasn't here, basically. I, but it felt like he was here. Hmm. So, yeah, it was a pretty intense experience. That and the race itself was it, it was a, it was a, it was really once in a lifetime kind of experience for me. Wow, that's that sounds pretty heavy. <laughs> wow. And and very. Um, uh, very, ins- very sort of like, I feel like a different, per- like it changes the course of your life a little bit, you know, in, in, in a good way. Like I feel even a more intense obligation to, to do things and be, and to do, to do things with, with, you know, when I was looking at him and he looked like table salt on the ground and I'm like, well, that's going to be me someday. I was pretty inspired to continue to try and, you know, push myself and, and find out what, I, what, what, what I'm about and, and get myself in situations where, I'm learning something and, and experiencing stuff. And this isn't a, you know, a, a, you know, a slow, boring grind to the, to, to my, my end, you know, it, it was, it was a lot. It was, it was good. Yeah. Like, like I know you said you were doing a lot of reading, a lot of Spartan or Stoicism, right? Stoicism. Yeah, Stoicism, yeah. And one of the things they say is, uh, now I'm going to butcher this, but they say, everyone's going to die. So don't ever forget that. Cause that's kind of what forces you to keep doing, you know, do something new every day or don't waste any of it. Cause it's like, we're dying yep. right now, you know, but yeah. Yep. Memento Mori. Yeah. I have, a, I carry around a little, um, a friend of mine carved that carved a wooden, um, Memento Mori, uh, uh, emblem for me. Uh, remember death. That was, that was the stoic, that was the stoic sort of, um, yeah. That that you can't you can't really fully appreciate life unless you understand what what the end, the, the ending of this is and to, to to understand it every day is to live life, um, and th- those are those are amazing words and the, and but you definitely can have a, a a certain distance from them until you you're faced with it in in ways like. I mean, going to a funeral or going to a celebration of life, you, you definitely come out of that with that heightened sense of it. But I was I was in that state, you know, in some version of that state for 10 months and four days of racing, you mm. know, because I was he was with me mm. and I knew why I was doing it. And I knew what I was celebrating and I knew what I was like I was carrying with me. You know, I'm, I'm here. I am living my, you know, this full life, you know, and but I'm carrying my dead friend. <laughs> you know, it, 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 yeah, it, it was, it was, it was a very interesting contradiction and, and, and it was super powerful, you know, um, it definitely, it definitely got me to, to, to be focused on being out there and doing what I needed to do. And, and, and I enjoyed it. Like I, and I knew I, that was part of it too. Like I wanted to be there, but I want, I wanted it to be a, a, a experience that was joyful, not just four days of suffering. I can do that on my own. I don't, I don't, you know, I know how to do that. I can train four days in a row and suffer. It's like, that wasn't yeah. what that was all about. I did all the suffering in the training. So I can, I mean, for me, 
racing is a celebration of training. So suffer in the training so you can celebrate, so you can go out there and race and, 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 and you're going to suffer, but it's like, it also should be fun and, 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 and get something out of it beyond just that. Like, so, uh, you know, I, I, I like to, I like to suffer the most and as hard as I can in training. And I, I did that for 10 months. That's the hardest I've ever gone at something. That's for sure. Oh, that's great. That's yeah, good. Yeah. It really opened up a whole nother door for me physically. Like I, I feel like I learned a lot about how much you can push your body, uh, especially at my age, you know, you know, you're supposed to be breaking down and I, you know, I'm trying not to, I'm trying to see, or it's just going to completely fall apart and that's fine too. I'll just, <laughs> if you, if I use it all up, that's fine. Yeah. I, yeah. I, th- I really think you're doing it the right way though. I mean, just, like you said, we can't take it with us. We might as well use it up all while we're here, you know. I'm, tr- I'm trying, yeah. And you know, again, if you look at, I don't, I don't race a lot, especially, you know, I don't have like this intense seventy race ultra sign up because I've only been, you know, I've only been racing since you know two fifteen, and I'm pretty picky about the races I run. Um, you know, I, I want to get something out of them, or, or I, I feel like the, the race means something to me, or, or you know, and and Spartan racing because I was doing both, so it's like I'm, I'm kind of in two disciplines. So I don't have this like extensive like ultra sort of bio. You know, I've like I said, I went thirty five fifty, a hundred to two forty. <laughs> I just didn't <laughs> like, you know, that was just kind of my path. Yeah, well, well, your running, your running bio is pretty. <laughs> I'd, I'd say you're overqualified for this podcast. You got a pretty impressive bio there. With uh, when I was looking at your ultra sign up results there, um, and those are just all what th- that's just from the last two years, I think. So you got yeah, a two two fifteen two 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 sixteen, I think. Yeah, two sixteen. So, so you got the the two forty two hundred forty Mohab, and then you got the. Afton Trail Run 50K, uh, Icebox, four, we already talked about that, the eight-hour. You got that couple of those. You got a, another Afton. Last Runner Standing, what, what is that one about? Oh, man, uh, great race. Got my butt handed to me up there um, <laughs> and, and, and in a good way. That's a race I'm, I, I want to go back to. So that's basically um, up, in, up at uh, Spirit Mountain. You have to knock down uh, 4.17 miles every hour on the hour. Okay. Wow. Um, so basically you go out. It's And, and the course is interesting because it's like it's 1,000 feet of vertical per loop. Huh. Um, so it, it's not like, you know, oh, I'm just going to go knock out 14-minute miles and, 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 and get back and be, be ready to knock out another. You, you know, there's, there's a bit of climbing. And um, – you know, I thought I was ready for that race. At least, you know, I, I really did. But um, I, 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 it was a hot day. I, I didn't handle it very well, and I, I didn't. I don't know. I got my, I got my ass kicked. Pretty, pretty good on that one. Um, it's a great format, though. It's, it's a very tough format, and it's the, the, the interesting thing about that is unless you really like go further than you think you could, or you win that thing. It's a pretty disappointing race. Because, <laughs> like, when I was coming in and everyone's leaving and you're, like, you're out, you're like, wow, this is hard. <laughs> I, I guess the, the name, the title, Last Man Standing, is pretty apt. <laughs> it's pretty apt. And, and I, you got to kind of, 
you got to kind of have like a, a very uh, you got to have that in your head a little bit before you go for that race. And I'm not sure I quite did because when I was coming in, I was like, wow, this is this is hard. Like this is a hard <laughs> ending. It's like, you know, all these gut people are leaving and you're kind of stumbling in. You didn't make the loop. You know, it's like, damn, man. <laughs> You know, a couple of people are clapping for you, but it's like, you know, it's like play claps, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but that's a race I definitely want to go back to. Uh, that's a, and that's a really well-run race, too. R- super cool. Tough, 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 tough race. And huh. some people have done, like, you know, no one had broke 100 miles in that race. And then the year that, the year that I went there, two guys went, like, 100, 125. My 100, gosh. 135. Yeah, Brian Corgard did. Uh, he runs out at Elm Creek where well, it's part of the T-Rex runners. He just killed it that day. Just amazing effort. Like super, super inspiring. Um, wow. Yeah, that's, that's a really, that's a really cool format. Um, if, if you want to, if you want to put yourself in a, in a tough spot, because there's no, there's no, there's no, there's, there's like, it's almost zero mistakes. Andy ran that. I was, I was there with Andy, um, Andy Lone, and he had to go to the bathroom that, and he's like, he had to figure that out after, like, because he had to go in after the after the loop started, and then he had to catch back up. Uh. It's like to go to the bathroom because, you know, what you have to be in the pit, you have to be at the starting line two minute a minute before they go out, and then you've got to go. And you, and if you don't make that, then you're out. You have to be back in back at the at the time in the right time. So it's like minimum error. Oh like wow! Like food or bathroom or whatever. Like they don't Wrong. hold the race up for you because you got to go take a pee. Uh. <laughs> yeah and getting to our age you gotta take a lot of peas so that's that's tough <laughs> yeah it's not like you can sit in the rest you know if you come in and you had a hard loop and you came in at like 59 minutes and you're like you got to figure out your food and whatever else either you're taking with you or you're not eating oh it's like you can't sit around and figure out fix yourself or a blister or whatever whatever might hit you wow. so there's like very little room for error oh cool Wow. So, so yeah, Scott, you've done, yeah, every race you do, it seems like so different, so incredibly interesting. I just wanted to thank Scott for telling that story. I think it's an important one. I hope you enjoyed it, listening to it as much as I enjoyed talking to him. Hopefully we can do a bunch more of this. Let's make 2022 the year we get out there and do what Scott's doing, live our life to the fullest. And I'd like to wish everybody a happy new 2022. Let's hit some outro music, shall we?